Welcome to Tool World. We're your hosts. I'm Gordon Ju. And I'm David Ju. And we're here to discuss everything about ITF patterns. If you're interested in learning more, make sure to like the podcast. Welcome back to the Tool World Podcast. I'm your host, David Ju, and I'm here with Master Ju. Hello there, Mr. Ju. Hello. Now, last week, we covered the five laws of self-defense, and we talked a little bit about the proportionate part of it. Right. And maybe we should just go through these again. Maybe somebody missed last week. Let's just quickly go through the five laws again. Okay. Well, the first one, obviously, is that you're innocent. The second one, I'll give you a plug in that one. Was it has to be imminent, so it has to happen right then and there. And that's right. The third one is, is the force uh, proportionate. Right. And that your force on force is, it does it justify. And the fourth one? What was the fourth one? Reasonable. Oh, <laughs> the fourth one is, is, was it reasonable as in, uh, would your peers do the same thing in that situation? And what's the last one? The duty to retreat. And that's the one that we're going to be covering today is the duty to retreat. Right. Now, before we kind of talk about that, I think it's interesting. Uh, General Che talked about the five composition of Taekwondo. And, mm -hmm. he, and he kind of puts it in the con uh, context of the military terms. So you have fundamentals, mm -hmm. you have dallying, you have um, patterns, uh, you have Sparring. Sparring and you have self-defense self and so fundamentals he kind of says it's like boot camp real mm -hmm. basic stuff Right Dalian is maintaining the equipment From a, maybe a military point of view may you want to make sure your firearm is Is clean and ready to to get to work and right the taekwondo is a is a fist strong enough to hit something right right um, Pattern is he considers that like platoon training Mm -hmm. Sparring is like simulated combat, and right. self-defense is self-defense. I don't really think of it as we teach self-defense. We, we share ideas on different concepts of it, mm -hmm. and maybe put people in different types of scenarios and how you would deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so the more times you do those kind of things, and you're more likely to be able to handle those situations a little bit better than if you are not put in those situations, right? right. So a simulation in many ways. Now, the last one is the duty to retreat. Is that, um, how important is that? Well, yeah, that's a big deal. The thing is about when you're in self-defense, let's say someone's attacking you with, um, oh, by the way, we should make a disclaimer. We are not attorneys. <laughs> and so attorneys know how to spin things and whether you're right or wrong. So right. let's just put that up front, right? Mm -hmm. Um, let's say someone's attacking you and through the whole process because we show people how to disarm somebody and through that whole process let's say you didn't have the knife but you were disarming them and it accidentally cut them or mm -hmm. stabbed them or something like that and and it stops mm -hmm. so that duty of retreat maybe that just stops and you just kind of back off right but there are scenarios and uh, again we talked about this last time. There was a guy in uh, Pleasanton here who, who got into an altercation. And um, they were in a fight. The guy went down, and then he went over to him. I mean, he took him down, and then he kicked him in the head after he was down. Right. And kind of says, I told you I was going to beat you up. And, well, that kick 
what ended up happening is uh, caused great bodily harm. Mm -hmm. He became, um, well, kind of um, disabled, right? Mm -hmm. He no longer is able to function because of that hit. And um, he lost uh, the claim of self-defense because there's that duty to retreat. Once you have someone under control, you must stop mm -hmm. and you can't go any further. It's kind of interesting that we understand those kind of things because we do what we call like a little self-defense skit for our black belt mm -hmm. testing. But do we call it a self-defense skit? Yeah. We like to call it more of a demonstration. demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it a demonstration, but for some reason um, we've said self-defense skit. And, uh, I mean, everything right. we do is about self-defense, isn't it? <laughs> we kick and punch is self-defense. Right. Um, but the, but so these skits are like, um, like a simulated attack, right? Right. Kind of. Right. Uh, so, in some ways, but well, I like kind of like pre-arranged free sparring. Pre a yeah, like pre a little free bit, sparring. kind of like that. I'm sure a lot of schools actually do probably something similar. Right. They incorporate a lot of the self-defense concepts that they have done over the years. Right. Into the one skit. But as an examiner, you know, I, I want to see if they are able to understand some of these concepts of like if someone grabs you by the hair, what are you going to do? If someone puts you in a bear hug, how do you get out of that? Mm -hmm. right? right, those kind of things. And so sometimes I watch some of these, um, these skits and so they're defending themselves, the bad, their bad guy goes to the ground and then they go over there and they give them an extra, like a pressing kick to the head. Or like a punch. Or a punch to the head right. and then they back off. And I would say that's a, no, no, I would fail them. Mm -hmm. I would fail them for that, that particular area. And why? It's because of the five laws of self-defense, the duty right. to retreat. If you have your opponent under control, you must back off, mm -hmm. right? right? And so when I see a, a student do that, then obviously one of two things is happening. One is that they didn't listen to what I talked about in class, or I'm not teaching it. Mm -hmm. in class. Or they watch too many movies. Or they watch too many movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one or the other. But you know, that, that's also a good question is like, how many instructors are actually even discussing these kind of ideas? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that likes to talk about that. It's not the most <laughs> yeah. exciting, but I think as a, an instructor, we do have, we do have a duty to explain that you know, our actions have repercussions. Right. And we, have, we need to uh, understand that. Mm -hmm. I always kind of say that the only way to avoid the legal confrontation is to avoid the fight itself, to avoid the, the, um, the combat, yeah. right? Every time you engage in combat, the probability of you getting hurt goes up. The probability of you um, getting arrested goes up. The probability of you going to court goes up. And the probability of you go to prison goes up. Mm -hmm. There's just no way to go to zero when you engage in combat. And it, whether you're right or wrong, mm -hmm. it's always a possibility. I, I'm, I'm sure, again, I'm not an attorney, but I'm sure the best attorneys have lost many cases. Right. And, and you go, but, 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 but it was self-defense. And because of some technicality, you know, mm -hmm. there you go. Right? right. And, you know, it brings up of a reminds me of a black belt that kind of happened to him. He was standing in line and these bad guys, thugs, 
kind of butt in line. They argued and a, a fight kind of broke out and mm -hmm. the, the bad guy um, grabbed a broken bottle and swung at him. He blocked it and through that whole process, it came back and it cut him in the neck. The bad guy in the neck. The bad, the bad guy's guy. neck, right? So he right? cut himself. Cut himself. Right. And, um, and they go, oh my gosh, let's get out of here because he was with a friend and so they, they left the scene. I would say, you know, it's always better to be at the scene. Obviously, you want to be safe, so you don't want to, you know, stay in the scene and get attacked by somebody else, right? right? right. But you want to be safe. The police did know who was involved. They mm -hmm. actually went to his uh, apartment, right? got arrested, mm -hmm. you know. They investigated, and um, thousands of dollars were spent in defending him. Right. Luckily, the lawyer was able to get video footage of security cameras around that showed the what had happened. Right, okay. But if there wasn't that kind of um, maybe evidence, right, um, it could have been the other way around because the bad guy is gonna say, no, he came at me with a, with a broken bottle. Right. Right, and cut me. And so that could get turned around, so, ugh, you know. The solution is to wear a GoPro on your <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that's right, a GoPro. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, that's part of the, that could be part of your self-defense, you know? I mean, when you are in self-defense, it's always a good idea. It's like, you know, yell out, hey, I'm being attacked. Hey, stop, I'm, I don't want to engage, you know? Right. It's always a good idea. Hopefully you have an, a witness that heard you say that kind of stuff. Right. Because when you get, um, let's say you get engaged in something and, you know, the, one of the things you should automatically do is that if you are in those situations and you get to a safe location, you need to call the police right away. Right. Because the guy that just got assaulted, um, that you defended against, he might call the police and say, hey, I just got assaulted. Right. And generally, the I'm not saying, but I think generally the police are going to side with the first guy that calls. calls right. You right. know? Hey, I, we got a 911. It's like, right? uh, this guy said he got assaulted. Let's <laughs> right. uh, you know, let's go to investigate that other guy, right? Right. And so, yeah, I think you should definitely uh, call the, the police right away. Um, even if you're safe, you know, you get into a little fight, you should definitely, um, you should probably do that. Right, right. Again, I'm not an attorney, so go, go talk ideas, to an attorney. Thoughts, <laughs> yeah. Go talk to an attorney. What, what should I do? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Just don't, get in, don't engage in, um, in combat if you can. But it's not not always possible. You can talk about the colors of awareness, but you can go from being aware of what's going on to all of a sudden, boom, you're in the fight, mm -hmm. and now you're, you just better hope that your, your martial arts skill is good enough to handle that. Right. Okay, so we're talking a little bit about the duty to retreat, correct? Right. And um, it kind of, your story was making me think about, like sometimes you see in the movies where they uh, disarm like the weapon, <coughs> and then they toss it, and they get out of there. Do you have personal thoughts on that? Or once you disarm somebody, if you had to, they, let's say they left, um, do you discard the weapon? you hold on to it? Or maybe they're still there? <laughs> That's a good it, question. You know, do you keep control of it while you call the police? Well, every situation is a little bit different, right? But I would definitely say, um, because you, you don't really know for sure if you actually have control of that individual. Right. right. You don't even know if that individual is actually down. So you always have to be prepared. Just because you took them to the ground and you disarmed them, mm -hmm. 
should I go secure the, the weapon? Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's make it more extreme, right? And let's say it's a gun. You're able to disarm them, because I've seen these in skits. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they disarm and they got the gun and they're pointing at them. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you right. know how to use that? <laughs> right? Oh, right. if you don't know how to use that, I don't know if, I sh if you should be doing that, right. right? I mean, you don't even know if it's a real one or not a real one, right. you know? It's, but you're pretending like it's a real one, right? Mm -hmm. And so if, um, let's say it was a fake one, and you thought you had him down, and the guy goes, that's a fake gun. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for him. Right. And then now you're in trouble, right? Um, but if I would definitely try to secure uh, the weapon, make sure mm -hmm. it's not available, accessible. But obviously, if you kick it off to the side, and it's actual, he, and he's not really down. He might just pretend like he was down. He says, mm -hmm. oh, go on, give up, right, mm -hmm. whatever. And so you backed off because right. you're, you're supposed to back off, right? And... Um, he quickly goes, he sees this over, you know, down the way, he just, he can then go and access right. it, and then you're in trouble. So I think you definitely need to secure whatever that weapon might be, and you keep your distance. And what about the idea of, let's say you took them down, and they got injured along the way? Is it part of your duty to call for help as well? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good question. I think that, um, well, in the process, that I, I would say, look, you're in combat, you're in, you're in defending yourself, and you need to do whatever you need to do to protect yourself. If that means through that whole process, you struck them in the eye to blind them, right? Mm -hmm. And it could cause seriously bodily injury, mm -hmm. right? That's through the process of the self-defense. You've got to be able to defend that, all right? In the mm -hmm. court of law, you're going to be able to have to tell them, why did you do that? And mm -hmm. how did that happen? Um, but once it's under control, you are supposed to back off, right? Mm -hmm. Should you get out of there? Yeah, you know, I think it's always a good idea to get to a safe place and call the police. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can't, though. What if you're at home? Bad guy comes in, you know, and he has a weapon. You have a weapon. You cut him. He goes down. You secure. You know, are you going to run out of the house? Well... I'm not sure if I would, mm -hmm. because you, you know, you might have family members. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that they're safe. You, you right. want to get them out. So, but they're they're on the ground. They might be bleeding to death or something. I don't know, right? But you got to make sure that that's secured, right? Mm -hmm. Call the police out. Do you have a duty to go help them? No, I don't think you do. Mm -hmm. You know, his life might be at stake. But, but the problem is, you don't really know. When you go to help them, you don't really know whether they have another weapon or whether they are really conscious or whether or not they're going to attack you back, mm -hmm. right? So you got to protect yourself. So the thing is, they're down, you have a duty to retreat, but you got to make sure that you're safe. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know if that answers the question. I, well, again, yeah, every it's, situation it's is different. I, yeah, it's, it's an all idea. Of what it's all ifs, theoretical. You know? what's, what's what if? And, and you have to have a, a good attorney. Right. To, um, to deal with that. And mm -hmm. that's also kind of interesting because, you know, there are insurance to uh, handle situations like that. Like, for instance, um, there are gun insurance, mm -hmm. right? So in case you are in, in those situations, they have um, com companies that will send a lawyer to, to, to do that. So you do need to have some kind of coverage because when you, if you go, go to court, 
because of some incident, it's going to cost you a lot of money right. to defend yourself. And you need to have some kind of insurance. Now, they have the insurance like um, umbrella policies. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, someone trips at your house and, you know, um, they get injured. They could theoretically sue you because it's your house and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what those umbrella policies. And, and I did talk to uh, my agent about that. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, if um, you got in, involved in some kind of self-defense, you know, um, we would cover that cost, assuming that it was legit, right? Sometimes so you, have win the, you have to win yeah, the case. Yeah, kind of you have, oh, to, so you win have to win the case, case. So that, <laughs> to pay for it, oh, right? I see. Okay. Um, now, I, I don't know. You'd have to look at the policies and right. those kind of things. But there are some insurance companies that do have these kind of ideas. So one of them, I, I did look into it. It was one of them was, um, I think it's USCCA. And um, not only do they protect you, like if you're in defending yourself with a firearm, but in case you, they'll, they'll cover you even if it's, as long as it's self-defense, it could be hand-to-hand, -hand, it could be knife. And I thought, wow, that's kind of cool, mm -hmm. right? Because how many people go buy that kind of stuff? Should you? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> we don't engage in combat that often, regularly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're, uh, you know, um, in a rough part of town. Rough part of town. Should you have insurance like that? Well, do we have an earthquake insurance, flood insurance? You know, you're always uh, open to those liabilities when, um, mm -hmm. when it happens. Right. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our podcast on the duty to retreat. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. And as always, don't forget to be safe. Keep training. And we'll see you guys next time. Take one. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope to see you next time.